So two years ago, I was on a plane to the Middle East, and over the aisle, I met a guy named Will Jones. You remember that moment? I do, I do. <laughs> we spent two hours getting, we never knew each other before then. No one introduced us. We just kind of connected, and I really believe it's one of those moments, those divine, inner, uh, divine moments that the Lord orchestrates. And so for two hours, we, we got to know each other as friends, realized our love for Jesus, that God had both called us to ministry. I shared our church's passion for discipleship. He shared his passion for evangelism. How many of you know that one is not more important than the other? They're the two sides of the same coin. And Will is an evangelist. He's here because of my friendship with him, my trust in him, uh, but he's here because he has a burden to see lost people come to know Jesus. Uh, I want that kind of burden, and I want you to have that kind of burden. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I, I only hope and pray that you would open up your heart to the Lord and to the message today. But church family, would you give a good welcome to our church family, to Will and Jennifer Jones. God bless you, my brother. So good. Thanks, Pastor John. Man, it's... Wow, this is... Um... Man, friends, this is a, a great church. I mean, I just, I want to make sure I give honor to where honor is due. You all have such great leaders in Pastor John and Stephanie Van Pay. Could you just help me bless your leaders? Seriously, man. Thank you, guys. Like, the staff is just bar none. And so I'm excited this morning to jump into the Word with you. And, uh, man, I, 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 I'm just thrilled about this series that you've been in in Matthew and uh, today I'm going to be looking at Matthew chapter 25, and I don't know about you, but I'm ready to preach to myself again. Uh, sometimes when a preacher has to speak, the Holy Spirit preaches to us first, and then we get a chance to preach. And so I've prayed myself hot, I've studied myself full, and now I'm going to preach myself empty. Is that all right with you? Uh, so super, super excited. Uh, let's just jump right into the word, Matthew 25, and we're going to be looking at a parable called the parable of talents. And there's several parables in Matthew 25, but I love this one in particular because it deals with so many nuances of who we are as people. And it's quite a bit of scripture, but I love the word of God. I believe you do. And I want to read it. Is that okay with you? And so if you don't have a Bible, maybe you have an iPhone or an Android. If you got one of those, we'll pray for you after service. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to jump right in. And I know you're a church of the word, so we're going to jump right into Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And I'm going to read it all. So it says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who was, who was called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Multiplication happening there. And, he, and likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid it his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five talents and saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. 
His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have here what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and I've gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back with my own interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given and he who will have an abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Last verse, verse 30. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father, I thank you so much for the word of God that is alive and active. And Lord, speak to us today through it, by your power, by your spirit. Help us to become more like you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, I want to talk to you from this thought for about 16 hours today. So, uh, no, I'm just teasing you. Uh, I want to talk to you from this thought. What am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this? You see, as I was preparing this thought today, friends, I want to just kind of give you this proposition from God's word. God is primarily concerned with multiplying his kingdom by extending to his followers three things, time, talent, and treasure. Let me say it again. God is, his primary concern is to multiply his kingdom by extending to people who decide to follow him by giving them time, talent, and treasure. I remember one time I was going on this project and I was asked to help build something. Now I'm from the Midwest uh, and I grew up in the place called the hood and where we grew up, we didn't learn how to build things. And so if I were to build something, it would not last. And I was, I was handed this tool. He said, hey, go and, go and use this thing. Go and use this thing. And, and there was no equipping. There was no real delegation. Hey, I just need you to go and cut it on and go and use it. And you know what my response was? What am I supposed to do with this? I have no clue what this thing is. It looks dangerous. It looks like it could be a powerful weapon, but I have no clue what to do with this. And the reality of it is, friends, that many of us, God wants to use our lives as a tool in his hands. God wants to prepare you and give you purpose because he has great plans and a great life for you. But the reality of it is many of us don't know what to do with who we are. 
And so we find ourselves asking some of the most important questions in life. What is my purpose? What have I been called to do? Why am I here? Why have you created me? Why did you allow me to go through such and such? What is this thing about life and what am I supposed to do with it? And I love this thought because if you don't understand your purpose, it's like this. You'll either misuse it or abuse it. You see, this tool can be misused because it was created for a specific task. It was, pre- it was created for something very specific. And if I don't know how to use this tool, and if this tool doesn't get in the right hands, I'll misuse it or I'll possibly abuse it. In essence, I'll do something with it that it was not created for. And so today, as I talk to you about this parable of the talents, I want you to know that God wants to use you as a tool in his hands as the master. He's the master carpenter. He's the the master builder, and he wants your life to be intricately and fabricated in his hands so that he can use you for his multiplication purposes of his kingdom, friends. And he's going to do that primarily through a few ways. Time, which is our opportunities. Talent, which is our abilities. And treasure, which is our resources. And so today as we jump into this text, I I want us to kind of think about this big question. It's not what or how much do I have, but it's what will I do with what I have. It's not simply what or how much do I have. But it's what will I do with what I have or what will I do with what God has given me through my time, the opportunities, through the talents and the abilities that he's given me as a person and through the treasures that he's made available to me, the resources in my life. And friends, I know many of us are asking because even as a communicator of the gospel, I'm often asking this question, God, what am I supposed to do with the time you've given me on earth? God, God, what am I supposed to do with these abilities that you've given me as a person? You've uniquely created me, not like someone else. I'm the best me that I can be for you. God, what am I to do with my abilities? God, what am I to do with my resources, my finances, the monetary things, the extra blessings you give me in my life? How are you wanting to use my time, talent, and treasure to multiply your kingdom? And in Matthew 25, friends, I want us to unpack some of these verses here because it's really a parable of faithfulness. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25 in particular, is several parables, and Jesus highlights one on the ten virgins, and it talks about being prepared for the Lord's coming. He highlights this other one that we're seeing now on the parable of the talents, and it's talking about being faithful. And that's where we're going to kind of camp out today. And so I want you to deep dive in with me into this text, and we're going to unpack some of what Jesus is talking about here. I want you to see that he's really talking about himself as the master. And he's talking about servants as people who he has called and who he has invited into his kingdom to partner with him and to serve with him in order to multiply God's kingdom. And so I love what he says in the beginning verse, for the kingdom of heaven is like this man who was traveling, being Jesus who came to earth and began to give his servants certain things. It says this, that he delivered to them his goods. I want you to catch that today. 
You see, it's really not about what you can accomplish. It's really not about what you have as a person or your personality or your ego. It's really about how he has given to you what he wanted to give to you. He said he distributed his goods to you. And so everything that you have, friends, your, your, your failures can be glorified in the Lord. Your successes can be glorified in the Lord. Your goods, your bads, your uglies, it can be all glorified in the Lord because Jesus only gives to us the things that he deems necessary. But I want you to catch this. It goes on to say something so wonderful. As he gives them his goods, and to the one, verse 15, he gave five talents, another two, to another one, and it says to each according to his own ability. Let me just pause there, my friends. Each of you, God has given his goods, his gifts, his passions, his abilities, his talents, his treasures. He wants to give you those things, but it's uniquely fabricated into your own personality and your own ability. And so, friends, I want to let you know something, that each of you is uniquely different. That doesn't make us better than the next. That doesn't make us less than the next. It just makes us different. Indifference is kind of a scary word in our society because we often let differences divide us. But in essence, differences shouldn't divide us. They should really unite us. And that's the beautiful understanding of the body of Christ. You have one eye, you have one ear, you have one hand, you have one foot, you have one leg. The body is all fabricated together with different parts, but we work in unison and in unity and in harmony with one another. And so Jesus gives to each of them his own goods, but he does it according to their unique abilities. And friends, I want us to kind of think about this for a moment. It says that as he does this, he went off on this journey. And I love this thought because as we look at this text, we're going to begin to see some things that the Holy Spirit is going to highlight to each and every one of you. Because I know many of you are here and some of you are watching, what am I to do with this? What am I to do with what you've given me, God? And I love what Jesus goes on to say in verse 18. He says this, but he who had received one went in and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And so as you can see here in this story, we we recognize that two of them went off to do the work of the Lord. They began to use their talents, their treasures, their time, their ability, and they began to do it. And we see in the story that they multiplied what the Lord had given them. But there was one in particular who didn't. And it says that he went and hid and dug moment because this was actually an ancient practice. When they had treasure, they would go and hide it into some kind of safe place. It was a safeguard guard so that if anybody were to try to steal it or do something to the family or harm them, they wouldn't know where they've kept some prized possessions. And so this servant actually just goes away and he hides the Lord's resources that he gives to him. He digs it up and he hides it. And basically what he does is he plays it safe. He plays it safe. And friends, I wonder how many of us today are playing it safe. He lived in such a way that the master either was gonna be so delayed in his return or he lived in such a way that the master would actually never return. And if he didn't return, then what the master gave to him would actually become his. 
Friends, I want us to understand something today. This scripture is so key to our journeys as followers of Jesus and even those of you who are seeking to know Jesus. Because what this servant did is he believed in some type of false security. He, he, he began to believe in his own abilities of what he thought would be good in order to bring what he thought would be multiplication, but in essence it wasn't. And so he went, dug, and hid what the Lord had gave to him. In essence, he didn't begin to go and work and, and work that thing and make it happen and multiply what God had given to him. He played back and played it safe. And some of you have been doing the same thing. You've been playing it safe. You've been delaying starting that small group because you don't feel like you're adequate to lead. You've been delaying serving on the team because you don't feel like you're adequate to lead. You've been delaying even maybe coming back to church because you may be afraid. And all those things are real feelings, my friends. They're real feelings. But I, wanted you to, I want you to catch here in a moment the faithfulness that Jesus talks about. And I love the word faithfulness because faithfulness means you have to be full of faith in something. And so two of them had faithfulness unto the Lord because their faith was in the master. One of them didn't have true faith in the master. Listen to what it says. Over in verse 19, we see something here. It says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. <laughs> I love this because it helps us to understand after a long time, this servant came back, the master came back. And he reconciled, if you're in accounting, he came back to, to do checks and balances. He came back to hold them accountable for what he had given them. And this is a very picture of what Jesus Christ will do when he returns to earth. When he comes back and he gets all of his children that have been forgiven and have put their trust and their hope and their faith in him, he's going to review what your life has shown. He's going to put your life on display of screens as you're watching now. He's going to ask you, what did you do with what I've given you? He's going to basically settle accounts. And there's a group of people that the Bible says that are Christians and will be judged according to the works, the multiplication that Jesus has given us through time, talent, and treasure. But then there's a group of people who are not followers of Jesus who will be judged based on them not receiving the message of the good news. And so here, friends, he's coming to settle accounts. What have you done with what I've given you? And we can be rest assured that some of us may be living with this lack of urgency that one day he will return. That's what happened in this story. The one servant lived his life as if the master wasn't really going to come back anytime soon. And yes, it was a long time from the time that he left until the time that he returned, but that time was pivotal because even that scripture says, redeem the time, meaning make the most of every opportunity. And so he had given them all equal time up until he came back to settle accounts. And as we look at this text, friends, I want us to see how Jesus deals with these servants. In verse 20 and 23, he goes on to recount each of them, the five, multiplied to another five. The two multiplied to another two. The one, as we saw, didn't do anything. He had still one when the master returned. 
And I love this because Jesus basically rewards them for their faithfulness. He rewards them and he says, well, basically because you've done what I've asked you to do, because your life was trusting in me and what I've given to you, and you've submitted that under my lordship, you've been able to multiply what I've given you. And as a result of you multiplying that, I'm going to give you more. So it's this principle that when you do what the master is asking you to do and it multiplies, I'm going to give you more. So he's going to complicate your life in essence by giving you more to do. But I love what we see Jesus and how he deals with the servant who was not so fruitful. In verse 24 and 25, listen to his response. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. I was afraid and went and hid your talent. Look, he said, here's what is yours. And we already know from this story, friends, that Jesus didn't want back what he had gave to him. He wanted back more from what he had gave to him. But I want you to hear the servant. He says, I was afraid. In essence, friends, he had this misconception about the master. His thinking about who the master was was flawed. His ability to understand the nature and the character of the master was off. And this misconception, this misconception, his belief led to a certain behavior that caused fear. I'd say it this way, his lack of knowing the master led to his ability to trust in who he was. I love this word abide time. You may hear Pastor John use it some, and it's so intimate because in John 15, it talks about abiding. And in John 15, in essence, what Jesus is saying to us as followers is, as you abide in me, as you dwell with me, as you spend time with me in prayer and worship and the reading of my word and community with one another, there's going to be some fruitfulness that comes out of your life. But in order to do fruitfulness, there's going to be some pruning so that there's more fruit that comes out of your life. But the principle of abiding is merely about intimacy. It's about spending time being with the master. And as we can see in this text, this, this individual did not know the master's character. He did not know his heart. He did not know his nature and who he was. And friends, I want to ask you this question. How many of your misconceptions about the God that you serve or about the God that you're seeking to serve has led you to not understand his character, his nature, his ways, and it's causing you to not fully use your time, talents, and treasures? That's exactly what happened to this servant. And I want us to understand today, friends, that when we know the master, 
When we know Jesus, when we know him as King of kings, Lord of lords, when we trust in him, friends, there comes this yielding of our lives to him that everything he's given to us is not ours, but is his. My time, my talent, my treasures, my opportunities, my abilities, my resources, everything he's given to me is his, and therefore I trust him to do what he wants to do in me and through me so that he brings his return. And so I want us to kind of understand today that when we don't know the master, there's consequences. There's consequences. And this is what he talks about in the remaining of this chapter, verse 26 through 30. Jesus responds to the servant. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. (laughs) Wicked and lazy. I mean, that's just double ugly. It's one thing to be lazy, but both wicked and lazy, that's just, oh man. And he says, you wicked and lazy servant. And basically, if I were to put this in the 21st century and if Jesus wasn't Jesus in the Bible, which we know he was, it was like Jesus cursed him out right there. Like, boom, wicked and lazy servant. I mean, he was so direct to him. And I love this because what he does is he helps us understand, friends, if you're faithful, there's a great reward. That's great blessings to your life. The advancement of the kingdom, entering into the Lord's joy to see how he's changing the lives of people. But then if you don't use your time, talent, and treasures, there's a consequence. And this is kind of what he says. He unpacks it. He says, for to everyone who has more will be given, verse 29, but he, and he will have an abundance. But on the other hand, for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken. That's kind of paradoxical. What he was saying was, each of you have, but if you don't use what you have, if you don't know what you're supposed to do with what you have, which is what he's given you, then it'll be removed from you and it'll be given to others so that they who are fruitful will continue to multiply the kingdom. But then he talks about this unprofitable servant who'll be cast into the outer darkness. This is actually a a depiction of hell. To be cast into the out of darkness. And it wasn't that Jesus was just so much concerned with what the person could do for him. Remember, the one servant didn't really know the master. And so when you don't know the master, again, I talked to you about the tool. You'll either use it and do it well, or you'll misuse it or abuse it. And so this one servant misused the resources and he abused what God had gave to him. And so he really didn't know the master. And friends, I want to help us to understand something today. The difference between these servants wasn't merely their time, talent, or treasure. It wasn't really that. That was the big difference. But the big difference was, friends, was that their faithfulness to the master, their faithfulness to utilize what had been given to them, The two servants were faithful. The one servant, he was not faithful. He had his faith in something else. His faith was full of himself in essence because he took it upon his own self and his own abilities to just go ahead and dig out the dirt, hide this in there, and when my master come back, I'll give you what you gave me. I like to say sometimes we think heaven is a get out of hell free card. But Jesus is calling us to more than that. And I want to talk to some of you today about your faithfulness. I want to invite the worship team to join me here. 
Some of you are here. And you've got to make a decision today. Am I going to be faithful to what God has given me? Am I going to be faithful to serve him, to give him back my time, my talent, my treasure, my opportunities, my abilities, my resources? Or do I have my faith in me or in other things in the world? Because friends, I want to give you an understanding here. What Jesus did, which is the gospel message, is so, so powerful. You see, sin entered the world into mankind and it basically took us off this path from having fellowship and a life and abundance with God. And what Jesus did was he had to die on behalf of mankind and to purchase us back from the enemy's hand in captivity because what the enemy stole was our time, our talent, and our treasures. But what Jesus did through the gospel, friends, is he said, no, 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 no. I've created them. I've made them. They're mine. Everything they have is mine. And so he gave himself for you. He was a substitute for you. He died a death that you should have died. He lived a life that you never could have lived. And he paid the, cross, the price on the cross by shedding his blood. And three days later, by the power of God, he rose from the grave and today is alive. And any person... Any person, any person, any person who puts their faith, their belief, and choose to be full of that faith to follow him and not themselves, they can be used by God to multiply his kingdom in ways you never would think or imagine. And so if you're here today and you've never trusted in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you're watching online, you've never trusted in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Would you just close your eyes with me in this moment? Friends, if you've never trusted in Jesus and you want to give him your time, talent, and treasure, you no longer want to use it for yourself anymore. It's as simple as ABC, admit that I'm away from him because of my sin. Believe that Jesus died for my sin and confess those to him and make him Lord of my life. And so if that's you, I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, or if you're online, make an emoji, make something in the chat to let us know that's you. But if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus today, when I count to three, I just want you to lift your hands. If that's you, one, two, three. Lift your hand high so I can see it. Thank you. Lift your hand high. If you're online watching, go ahead and click something. Lift your hand high so I can see it. Thank you. I want to pray with you right now. If you raised your hand, I want to pray with you. This is a life-changing decision. But it's the best decision you could ever make because you're saying, I'm going to put my faith in God and I'm going to be full of faith in his abilities that he's given to me. Because I know that I'm weak. I know that I'm frail. I know that I'm scarred. I know that I'm flawed. But if he can use me and he can work in me, then I know he can work through me. And so if you want to make, if you've made that decision and you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. Let's just pray this prayer together as one body, one family. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for rising from the dead as you overcame sin, death, hell, and the grave. Today, I turn away from that life of sin and I put my faith in you. Thank you, Jesus, that you saved me. And I commit to follow you 
all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, Gateway, let's give it up. Come on, Gateway, let's give it up for those who've made a decision.